Walking with Jesus, serving with love, and sharing with courage. Welcome to the Pecan Podcast. Hello, Presbyterian Church of the Master. It is Pastor Courtney Ellis. It is so good to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. As we get started, I wanted to, first of all, thank Jeff Given for his Election Day podcast last week, where he focused not on the election or all of the turmoil surrounding it, but on one of my favorite hymns, and maybe a hymn that you love as well, the history behind it, the musicality of it, and then he played it for us at the end, which was such, it was just such a gift and a reminder that No matter what is swirling around out there, God remains steadfast and can be trusted and relied upon and leaned on and how much of a gift and a blessing that reminder was. So thank you, Jeff, for that. We are in the month of November, and November is a season when we often turn to thoughts of gratitude as we prepare for the holiday of Thanksgiving. So I want to echo the announcement from Sunday and remind all of you that I am looking for stories of gratitude. Call the church office, leave me a voicemail, and tell me what you are grateful for. I'm going to be featuring some of these stories on the podcast. Um, if you give me permission to share them, I, do, I never share stories uh, from congregants or family members or anyone without permission, but I would love to encourage our listeners with some of your stories. What are you grateful for, big or small, in this season. And as we talk about gratitude, we we do this not because, um, not just because it's November, but because gratitude is always a good idea. Gratitude actually, when we practice gratitude, and it is a practice, it is a discipline of sorts. It is almost always easier to find something to complain about than it is to meditate on the things God has given us that are good, big and small. Um, But gratitude is good for us. God calls us to gratitude for His glory and for our flourishing, for our good. So here are some facts about gratitude. This is from a magazine study from Forbes. Here are seven things that practicing gratitude can do for us. First, Gratitude opens the door to more relationships. And if you think about that, that makes sense, right? We all tend to want to befriend people who are positive and grateful more than people who are complaining and and whining. Gratitude improves our physical health. There are actual physical benefits to practicing gratitude. It lowers our stress. It increases our joy. Third, gratitude improves our psychological health. It actually helps our mental health as well. Fourth, gratitude reduces aggression and increases empathy. My kids, especially Wilson, who's four years old, love the Berenstein Bears. I think we have almost every Berenstein Bear book ever written. And there's one Berenstein Bear book called The Berenstein Bears and the Green-Eyed Yellow Monster, and it's about jealousy. And the story teaches this lesson of gratitude and when we are grateful, um, 
it does increase our empathy. And sister, who's very jealous of Brother Bear's bike, is able to see that she got some wonderful presents for her birthday just a few months earlier. And that 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 jealousy starts to dissipate when she is able to learn empathy. Gratitude increases our empathy. Fifth, gratitude helps us to sleep better. Sixth, gratitude improves our self-esteem. And seven, gratitude increases our mental strength. And this is different than improving psychological health, right? Mental strength involves things like resilience, things like being able to bounce back after a setback rather than just kind of falling apart after the first hard thing we we face. So I will link to this Forbes magazine study in the show notes. It's it's really great read in its entirety. It's an easy read. And As we begin this series of gratitude, I'm asking you for your stories, but also because I'm so grateful for you, we are going to do a giveaway this month. So if you call in with one of your stories, I will be entering you in a drawing for a free book. And because people are very different, if you win the drawing, I will give you a phone call and we can decide together what the best book for you might be. You might be looking for an Advent devotional this year, or you might be looking for something about Easter. You might need a really great new novel. Um, I would love to talk to you about books and then drop one of those books by your house as a gift of my gratitude for you. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you who have been listening to this podcast, who have been sending me your uh, your emails, your notes, who have been calling in and telling me um, that it's been an encouragement to you. Your, you being encouraged is a great encouragement to me. So I am very grateful for each and every one of you. I, uh, most of you know, I I write a little bit on the side and I turned in the first draft of the manuscript for my next book on March 1st of this year, March 1st, 2020. And then as we all know, a lot of things broke loose and a lot of things changed. And so in May this year, my publisher, who I love, my my managing editor, sent back the manuscript and said, you know, I think you're going to want to read through it and possibly make some changes in light of all that's happened since you turned in the first draft. And she was right. And so I've spent these last few months, um, late at night after the kids are in bed or during little bits of time on Saturday or Sunday when Daryl is able to to manage them. Uh, I've been writing and rewriting. And I wanted to share with you a section of the book that talks about gratitude. Um, and this is a story that uh, goes way back in my history and shows that gratitude, gratitude is often a journey. It's often a process and we don't see it all at once. So this is a little excerpt from the book that will, is slated to come out in August of 2021, assuming all goes well, but who knows? Uh, I'll give you more information on the book when it, when it starts to come out. It's called, um, it's called Happy Now and it's about God's gift of playfulness. But here's the story of gratitude. Because I grew up in the North Woods of Wisconsin, and my husband grew up in the suburbs of Los Angeles. When we play the game, who was cooler in high school? He wins by about 18,000 miles. He was a multi-sport athlete. I rode the soccer bench, and then later the ice hockey one. He led his youth group. I ate lunch alone in the creative writing room. Then there were our school trips. As a high school senior in Southern California, His entire graduating class got the run of Disneyland, exploring the park late into the night after it had closed to the public. 
This was in addition to trips to Magic Mountain, Knott's Berry Farm, the local symphony, and Nickelodeon Studios. My graduating class, on the other hand, took the same field trip we'd taken the previous three years to the local Cranberry Bog. If you've ever seen an Ocean Spray commercial, you have a basic idea of what a Cranberry Bog looks like. Cranberries are harvested in flooded trenches, floating to the surface on long stalks, where they bob serenely round and red, awaiting the machines that will snip them off and carry them away once they reach peak ripeness. It's all very idyllic, but there's not much to see. Plus, what the commercials don't show is that the temperatures are usually in the mid-30s and sleet and freezing rain are common. We'd pull up to these bogs in our yellow school buses and unload for the tour, our feet soon muddy, our fingers quickly freezing. We'd stamp and blow to try to stay warm like a herd of acne-ridden ponies while our guide explained how cranberries grow and the importance of their production to the economy of our fair state. Then we'd get back on the bus and eat lunch. Disneyland, it was not. I've had a chip on my shoulder for years about the cranberry bog trips, not just because they were pretty dour, but because they were there were actually other things we could have seen. Our state has a symphony too, after all, and those bogs were cold. I was mid-cranberry bog rant in front of Daryl and my younger sister, Caroline, recently when she stopped me cold. You didn't like visiting the cranberry bogs? She asked. Not four times, I said. That seemed a little excessive. Hmm, she said, you must have had a really different experience than I did. Did you go there on a school bus? Yep. But wasn't that fun? I mean, to go somewhere other than school on a school bus? I stared at her blankly. I guess. And we got to see how the berries actually grow, she continued. They float. Isn't that cool? Daryl began to chuckle. Seems it's all in how you look at it, he said. I loved that trip, Caroline said. I looked forward to it every year. Playfulness, like so many other things in life, is what you make of it. The smallest thing can bring joy if we are ready to receive it. Listen to the birds, writes Richard Foster. They are messengers of God. There can be magic, even in a soggy, muddy, chilly, cranberry bog. Who knew? The more I leaned into playing small, the more I realized that Caroline was right. Those trips had been a sort of delight. It just took me a couple of decades to see it. That's an excerpt uh, from the book Happy Now that'll come out in August of 2021 about the gratitude of the mundane, everyday, simple pleasures that God sets before us. What are you grateful for, friends? Call the church office, leave me a voicemail, tell me what you are grateful for. These stories will encourage our listeners. The beautiful thing about gratitude is that it builds. I wasn't grateful for the cranberry bogs until Caroline started telling me about her experience, and suddenly she opened my eyes to the gratitude that I had been missing. I am so grateful for you, friends, each and every one of you. This season has been long and odd and hard and difficult, but we have kept each other going, haven't we? Reminding each other to turn to the Lord, to listen to the birds, to watch for what God will do. Well, one of you 
um, gifted me a beautiful, beautiful book a couple of months ago. And this book is called Beholding and Becoming the Art of Everyday Worship. It's by Ruth Chu Simons. This was one of those books I had seen out there in the Christian publishing world and thought, you know, I think I would like to read that, but I I hadn't ordered it. And, and one of you decided to gift me with this book. Thank you. Um, I haven't asked permission to share the name of the person, so I will... I will not share it, but I'm very grateful for the book. And what I didn't know, because I'd only seen it online, is that it is hardback and it is beautifully illustrated. Um, So I really highly recommend this book as a devotional. I'll link to it in the show notes. But it's one of those books that you just feel... You just feel peaceful picking it up. Um, It has these beautiful illustrations, illustrations of scripture and nature. Um, But I wanted to share a little excerpt of it because she writes a lot about what it is to find God in the mundane, everyday dailiness of our lives. And one of the things this pandemic has really driven home for me is how impatient I get quickly when life is mundane. Because on the one hand, there is this giant, slow-moving global tragedy that we are all living through. But on the other hand, there are three meals a day to fix, and there is laundry to fold, and we are almost all home all the time. And the monotony of that can really get wearying. It can get wearing. I've, I've spoken with many of you who say, you know, some days it just feels like the walls are closing in and I feel like I should be grateful. I live in beautiful Southern California, but I'm so tired of the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. Um, one of the small things we've started to do in our home is we rearrange a room every month. And so we move the furniture around and even those small changes have have the potential to kind of lift us out of these doldrums of sameness. Um, And because we're not really having any house guests right now, uh, if the room isn't very user-friendly, it's really easy to just change it back. Um, But I wanted to share this excerpt from Ruth Chu Simon's book, Beholding and Becoming the Art of Everyday Worship. And this is from her chapter on finding God. Uh, The chapter title is God's Provision in the Unremarkable. Ruth Chu Simons writes, Friends, what we choose to behold in the midst of tedious tasks and unrelenting responsibilities in the day-to-day, and what we believe about the God who puts us there, determines whether we see the daily reappearance of dirty dishes and unwashed clothes as a purposeful provision or a nuisance. When we look to the God who provides the blessings and the work that accompanies them, today's tasks become opportunities to praise, to give thanks, and to remember the one we aim to please. And the verse she cites in this chapter is from Colossians 3, verse 17, and this will be our scripture for the day. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Where is God encouraging you to give thanks this week, to show gratitude in the mundane things of your life? Where is there gratitude that you may have been missing, you may have been glossing over, you may not have seen sparkling up? What are you grateful for, my friends? 
We pray for a different group of people on this podcast every week, and this week I would ask us to pray for those who serve us in mundane ways. So people who take on some of these tasks that make our lives so much better, but that we often don't really see or think about or think. Who picks up your trash? Who picks up your trash? I will admit I never noticed who picked up our trash until I had children and they love watching the trash truck. And now we know our trash collector and we look forward to that. Our trash gets picked up Monday around 9 a.m. and the recycling gets picked up around 3 p.m. and the kids just love, love watching the trash be picked up. So we are going to pray here in our house for our trash collector this week. We are going to pray this week for our mail carrier. We are going to pray this week for our newspaper delivery woman. She drops off our newspaper on Sunday for us. Who serves you in mundane ways that you can pray and give thanks to God? Many of us are having groceries or meals or packages delivered. Can you pray for those delivery people? Many delivery services, services like like Amazon, UPS, FedEx, when those packages are dropped off, you get a notification on your phone, on your computer with an option to say how the delivery went and to give a compliment to your delivery person. Those types of things go into their file. They can help them get a raise. They can help them get more job security. So even as we pray prayers of gratitude for people who serve us in those ways, maybe we can also take a further step of gratitude and put one of those notes in their file. We had Chick-fil-A delivered two weeks ago. And we had not had Chick-fil-A for a couple of months, Um, but the woman who delivered it remembered that she had delivered it for us two months ago. And, And I'm guessing there's some tracking system and our names showed up, but she made a point to come out front to leave the meal on our picnic table like we had asked her to and to say hello to the kids from a safe distance and ask us if we needed anything, if we would enjoy our food. And she was just so kind. She took the extra time to be really kind. And once she left, I picked up the phone and called the restaurant and spoke with her manager and just said, you know, she was here, I gave her name. She went above and beyond. She was really, really kind, and I just didn't want to let that go unnoticed. Um, So as we pray for these people who serve us in mundane ways, let us have our eyes open for those who go above and beyond and seek to bless them, even in the small way of a phone call or a click or a note in their file, who is serving you in these mundane tasks of life. Let us pray for them this week, our trash, our trash uh, pickup people, our mail carriers, our delivery men and women. Maybe you have a gardener or a landscaper. Maybe you have someone who works in pest control. We get our our backyard sprayed uh, by a pest control, a green pest control service once a month or once every six, six weeks. And Wilson just loves the guy who sprays because he is so kind and so thoughtful. Wilson actually occasionally dresses up like Mr. Gus. He says, I'm Mr. Gus. I got my white coat and I got my sprayer. Um, and those types of things make make such a difference when someone does a mundane thing for us with great care and great attention and great love. It's a picture of how God cares for us, not just in the big things, but in the small things that the sun goes up every morning, that the rain comes to wash away all of the smoke from all of the fires, that the tides roll in and roll out. What a good God we serve. 
What are you grateful for, friends? Maybe this has been a particularly hard season for you to practice gratitude. I think the longer this pandemic goes on, the more we all know someone who has gotten quite sick or died, and it gets hard to see gratitude in the midst of great suffering, which is why it's even more important that we turn to it again and again, and not in a false positivity sort of way, not in a forced cheerfulness sort of way. We can feel gratitude even as we feel pain. And we don't go down the road of, well, at least, right? Well, lots of people are dying, but at least it's sunny today. That That's not a helpful road of gratitude. We can hold both things together. God, we lament and we grieve that this pandemic rages on, that so many are suffering, that we are suffering. But also, Lord, we are grateful for who you are and for the gifts that you have given us to sustain us today, to give us the daily bread we need to make it till tomorrow. All right, friends, leave me your stories of gratitude. And I just want to put in one more note that if you haven't downloaded the PCOM app, that can be a great tool for gratitude. There is a Bible inside the app, and you can also listen to the Bible. Sometimes I go on a morning walk and I think, okay, I'm listening to Joel this morning. I'm listening to Hosea this morning. And as I walk, the Bible can just wash over me, but it also contains many of our worship music archives. So you can hear Jeff sing and the worship band play. You can hear Gene and his organ music. It is such an encouragement to us, and sometimes what turns me back to gratitude is letting that worship music speak to my soul and remind me that though the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain, as the psalmist tells us, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And as Jeff said for us last week, great, great is thy faithfulness, O God, our Father. Until next week, friends, it has been so good to be with you. Call, leave me those stories of gratitude. I would love to encourage our listeners with stories from all of you. So leave those for me, and I will include those on future podcasts, and you'll be entered in a drawing to win a free book as a sign of my gratitude to each one of you. Until next week, dear friends, take care, be well, and God bless. Mm -hmm.